Well, this is uh, amazing times, isn't it? And uh, we're living in unprecedented times, of course, for different measures. And that's what we are, we are doing uh, this morning. Uh, so I'm going to talk about uh, the book of Esther, the story of Esther. I'm essentially going to take a, well, it's quite a long story, and make it very short, uh, which for someone who preaches a lot is not that easy. Um, but let's see how we go. For that reason, I want to encourage you to read the story. Uh, or if you check out the Bible Project online, they do great overviews, little uh, packages of overviews of each story in the Bible. So let me give you a little bit of uh, background to this story. Um, God's people, the, the Jews, the Israelites, the, the, the nation of God, they've been scattered uh, into different places from their own homeland. And therefore they were in different nations and they had different rulers uh, over them. And this particular group of Jews were in Susa, the capital city of Persia, and they were being governed by a king. His name was Xerxes, King Xerxes. That's a great name uh, for a king, isn't it? And uh, in many ways, this was bad enough for the Jews being out of their homeland, uh, but things were, uh, had gotten worse. You see, one of the uh, king's officials, his name was Haman, He's a bad man. If you want to boo him in your homes, you can. If that's not too crazy, uh, you're welcome to do that. Uh, he was one of the king's officials, and um, he concocted a plot uh, to kill all the Jews in that place. How did this come about, you might ask? Well, that's a very good question. You see, he loved his status, and he loved being one of the high king officials. And so wherever he went, everyone used to bow down to him. Except one man, one man whose name was Mordecai. He's a key character in this story. And he refused to bow down to Haman. Why? Because he was a Jew. And in his belief, there was only one true God that you should ever bow down to. And so he kept that belief and he did not bow to Haman. This made Haman furious. All right, he didn't like it at all. Not only did he want to kill Mordecai, he wanted to kill, and therefore he made a decree, made a pact with the king, Xerxes, that the Jews in that place uh, would be put to death on a certain day. I mean, imagine the fear for the Jews of that time, knowing that on a certain day, that they were going to be wiped out, essentially. I mean, that's just awful news to bear with. And in some ways, although not exactly the same, there's a bunch of stuff going on here, isn't there, in our nation for us right now. In many ways, we've been scattered. Where we would normally come together and be community together, we've been scattered. We're in isolation in our homes. And um, this virus for some, brings a real sense that death may not be far away, probably closer for some now than it was before. And what that means is, and the thing that I've picked up on most is fear, that people are concerned, naturally and rightly so, but worried about all sorts of things, worried about their finances, and genuinely some people are losing their jobs and finding it difficult. They're worried about food, aren't they, and having enough to sustain themselves over this period. And that's why our shelves have been kind of stripped of the basic essentials. They're concerned about their families, aren't they, and 
uh, some children who just had their exams cancelled. And what does that mean? And there's a lot of anxiety and fear and worry about at the moment. You know, the Bible helps us with times like this. It gives us a framework. It gives us uh, an understanding of why things like this actually happen. The Bible says that mankind is, is actually away from its true home when it's away from God. You see, in the Garden of Eden, when God created the world, everything was good. In, in, in the sense, actually, it was very good. It was perfect. Adam and Eve had a perfect relationship with God the Father. The earth was perfect in all its beauty in creation. But Adam and Eve were tempted by the devil, the enemy, the evil one. And as they went against God and followed the enemy's kind of lines, a thing called sin entered the world at that point. The Bible says in Romans 5, verse 12, that therefore just as sin entered through one man and death through sin, in that way death has come to all people. It says that we are all away from God, all have sinned. And so this sense of death sooner or later, it comes to us all, doesn't it? And what sin did in the world was it brought fear and it brought shame. It brought sickness and it brings pain. It brings disease and disasters. And we are living, if you like, under the rule and the reign of the, the enemy in these days. Although God is with us and not far from us. And it's interesting, isn't it, that in times like this, often many turn towards something bigger than themselves. God. And the good news is that that's, that's not great news, is it? The good news is that God doesn't just leave us uh, on our own to fend for ourselves in this way. In fact, there is hope. And the biggest message that people need to hear at the moment is that there is hope. He does all that he can and he has done over history to bring people back to himself. God has always wanted a people. And he's made plans and purposes to enable us to come back to him. He's raised up men and women all the way through the Old Testament. And one of those women was Queen Esther. I want to just look at two simple points from this amazing book. And um, the first one is that we don't have to stay in fear. We can come to faith. And the second one is that God, even in these days, is in control. So how did Esther become queen? Well, we have to rewind a little bit in the story. And we hear about King Xerxes. And uh, this king, is a, he's a bit of a crazy king. He's a party animal. Right? In, the, in the book, it says that he had a party for 180 days. I mean, when all this is done, we're going to party, right? Uh, but I'm not sure we're going to party for 180 days. Uh, but that's what King Xerxes did. He did that to display his vast wealth. He did that to display his kingdom authority. And um, as you can imagine, he got a bit drunk uh, at this party. And in a drunken kind of uh, stupor, he decided that he wanted to display the beauty of his queen, Queen Vasti. Uh, but Queen Vasti was like, ah, I'm not having any of that. I'm not going out there. And uh, King Xerxes banished her at that moment. 
uh, from being queen at that time. What he did instead was that he came up with this plan that they would have uh, essentially a beauty pageant. That all the young girls um, in that place would enter and he would choose his queen. And um, Mordecai was a man who had adopted a young girl called Esther. It's a great uh, picture on the Mother's Day uh, that Esther was an orphan. And uh, she became adopted by Mordecai. And at this time, he encouraged her uh, to go into this beauty pageant. And one of the things the girls did, one of the things Esther did, was that for 12 months, they would have a beauty kind of spa, a, a conditioning for 12 months before they would go before the king. And uh, for some of you mums right now, you're like, yes, now that's a Mother's Day present. I'll be well up for that. Others of you are like, well, that's just not my thing at all. Um, but let me tell you this, in, in like four or five days of quarantine with your children, you'll be like, I'll do anything to, to, to get out. Um, so Esther went through this process, and uh, the Bible says that everyone had a, a love for Esther, and she was held by, in favor by the king, and he made her queen. So Esther is queen, but the Jews are destined to die. And so we um, come to this point where Mordecai encourages Esther to stand up and go before the king and to tell him that he must change his mind and change the edict so that the Jews can survive. Can you imagine that? Esther, basically in her thoughts, knew that you couldn't go before the king unless you were summoned. It would be death uh, to anyone who went before the king unless you'd been summoned. And she hadn't been summoned. And so in her own heart now, there's a sense of fear, trepidation, and what must she do? You know, courage is always a choice. And with fear comes this thing called self-preservation. You know, it's when we want to protect ourselves. Esther, rightly so, wanted to protect her own life. It's when we want to protect our own family. It's when we want to do things that are comfortable for us. And uh, it's when we want to protect our bank accounts. And this stops us from taking steps of faith. And this is a message for us at the moment as a church that we don't have to stay in fear. Mordecai, he says these um, amazing words to Esther as an encouragement to her. He says, who knows, Esther, if you remain silent at this time, you know, there will be another way. But maybe this is your moment he says, who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And that's why we got the inspiration for this series. It's for times like this, that people are being used by God to make a difference. Mordecai is saying, maybe you've been made this queen for this exact moment. God has positioned you 
for something incredible. He's saying, look, there might be another way that God wants to use this, but don't miss your opportunity to step up and make a difference. Mums, you have been made to be a mother. You've been assigned a position in life. I want to encourage you to do that with all your heart for such a time as this, even when it's going to get tough and you're homeschooling over the next few weeks. This is your moment. Dads, don't abdicate responsibility. You may be able to spend some more time with your kids at this moment. This is you for such a time as this. Maybe you're a business leader or in politics at this moment. For such a time as this, stand for God and for his goodness. Maybe it's just about the place where you live. In your street, at this time, you can make a difference. Or even if you don't yet know him, you don't know God, you're not a Christian, and maybe this time he's calling you to himself. What does Esther do? Well, she calls for three days of praying and fasting. We need to pray, don't we, as a church, for times like this. Prayer changes situations. And it's in prayer that we come to God, and it's in God that we find that we can be free from our anxious worries and concerns. In 1 Peter 5, verse 2, it says, Cast all your anxiety onto him, because he cares for you. It's a great invitation from God our Father who loves us. And he says, come to me and cast your worries and concerns on me. He loves us. He's not far from us. Elsewhere in the Bible, in Philippians 4, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in thankfulness and in prayer and in petition, give your requests to God. And as you do that, the Bible says that you will know a peace that transcends understanding, that it will guard you, your heart, and it will guard your mind so that you can step forward for him. God's not concerned. This is not a surprise to him. Knowing Jesus in this sense and all that he is to us and to you at this time is an antidote to concern and fear. And it's he who gives us the strength to stand and make a difference, just like Esther. Maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe these are times just for you to try talking to God. Tell him about your concerns and your worries. He loves you. So what about God being in control? Well, the interesting thing about this story is that God isn't actually mentioned at all, which is unusual for a book that's all about him uh, and written for him. And I think it shows us that even when we don't understand, even when we're not sure what God's doing, he is always at work in us and through us. Let's be honest, it's no coincidence that Queen Vasti was expelled from being queen just when Esther became old enough to go for the beauty triads. It's no coincidence that of all the girls that were brought 
into the king over that four-year period that Esther, the Jew, the orphan girl, was the one who was chosen to be queen. It's no coincidence that in terms of the, the Jews waiting for their death, that the queen was brought to a position for such a time as that. And it's no coincidence that Haman, the villain, was exposed by Esther. He gets his just rewards. And the stake that he had built uh, for Mordecai to get thrown upon, he himself is thrown upon by the king in another drunken rage. Justice was done and death came to those who got in the way of God's purposes. It's no coincidence that God's people were delivered. That's the kind of God he is. He is in control. And although when we look at this story, we think that Esther is the hero, and she was, the real hero is God. And the thing is with God that he has made a way for all of us, not just the Jews, to make come back to him. And he did that through sending his son, Jesus Christ, to this hurting world so that we could have a way made to get back with the Father in relationship with him. He is the ultimate deliverer for all who trust in him. Jesus died upon a cross. He took, his, took our sin, he took my sin upon himself. He took the death that I should have had and he died in my place that I might know forgiveness, that I might be restored and have a relationship again with God the Father. Death no longer wins. And though the wages of sin is death, it says in Romans 6, 23, the gift of God is eternal life. You see, in Christ's resurrection, death is not the end, and we can know in Christ a life both for now and in this moment, and an eternal life with him when we die. Maybe today you want to give your life over to him in these days. And God's been speaking to you. And I want to encourage you to pray out to him. The Bible says to confess with your mouth and to believe in your heart that he is Lord. And if you do that today, even if you do that in our response moment, then you can know that he will save you forever. Love you to get in touch, by the way, if you make that declaration today. Esther's a great story, but it just fits in, into God's great big story. God's in control. and We can trust him in every aspect of our lives, now and in our death. In a moment, we're going to respond by a song called The Blessing. We want to sing this over you. Um, it's a sense of a promise of God for you and your family at this time. And just before we do that, I'm going to pray for us. There's a prayer that's going to come up on the screen. And uh, I want to encourage you to pray this with me. Father God, Thank you that you are in control. And all of this 
isn't a surprise to you. We pray today for the anxious, the sick, and the worried. Thank you that we can come to you with our fears and you give us peace. Thank you for men and women who are standing in the gap, even in these days, like Esther. Help us to stand for you wherever you have placed us in these days. Help me to trust in you and to follow your ways that lead to life. We pray, Father God, that you would bring good out of all of this. In your precious name, amen.